Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hello, welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. I'm Holly from Paws Up Dogs, and today we're going to be talking about your adolescent dog. And last week on episode 67, I spoke a little bit about the first 10 months with my own puppy, Strudel, my little Leonberger, and how as she transitioned into more of an adolescent phase, I saw some behavior changes, some emotional changes, and I started to talk about how I was managing and helping her with those things. So this is going to be a super short little episode. And I mean it just to be a bit of a boost if you are currently living and loving an adolescent pupster and some little tips and tricks to kind of help you both through this tricky phase. Okay, so first thing to remember, actually, I think in this case, it's really helpful to do a dog-human comparison. You know I do those all the time anyway, but lots of people don't like comparing dogs and people, especially dogs and children. But I think in when it comes to adolescence, it's really helpful because we have all been a teenager. There is no one alive on earth who is currently an adult that has not been a teenager. It's something we've all been through. And of course, every experience is different. We know that. However, most of us can remember feeling different. So whether you had raging, massive emotions and big arguments, or whether you were much more withdrawn, whether you were very obsessed with getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or whether that thought appalled and horrified you, we all felt some level of angst or a change in our emotional state. And in terms of how we behaved in response to that change, there's lots of factors that impact that for people. Parenting is one. Our ability of a level of freedom that we had as teenagers definitely factors in there. Um, If we had siblings, what our home situation was like, what our school situation was like, there's lots and lots of factors, many, many more for people than there are for dogs. But what is very similar is actually a lot of the emotions that we see in humans, we see in dogs, um, adolescent dogs, and actually some of the behaviours <laughs> can be quite similar as well. So the teenage brain, of course we've got the hormones, we've got hormones raging when we're teenagers, we know that, but the teenage brain in dogs and in people, when we're thinking about the prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of the brain, kind of like if you put your hand on your forehead, it's kind of behind there. <laughs> and that part of the brain is really underdeveloped in teenagers, in adolescents, in mammals across the board. So for humans, we're looking at around kind of 23-ish to 25. We've got full development of that part of the brain might be older than you thought and for dogs we're looking this really really depends on breed so if you've got a much smaller dog you might have full development before the age of a year if you've got a giant breed this could go on a couple of years like I do um love the big dogs love the little dogs too but I've got lots of big dogs so 
what does this part of the brain do? Well, it's responsible for a few things. The first one is decision making. So (laughs) as we know, dogs don't have the mental ability that human teenagers do. Actually, theirs is much, much lower. We're looking at sort of a child between about three and four. However, they can make decisions. They make decisions all day long and they make decisions based off of their wants and needs. They also make decisions based off of the learning that they've had from us. And when they're teenagers, this decision-making process is a little bit compromised, just like it is for people. So, you know, you look at a teenager that's gone and made a terrible choice and you're thinking, why? Why would you do that? Well, it's because their decision-making abilities are compromised because this part of their brain is underdeveloped very very similar with dogs so you might be thinking oh my gosh like you've you, you know this I taught you this when you're four months old you know that when I open the front door you don't rush out you may not understand why you may not understand it's a safety issue because you are a dog however you know that this is the routine that we go through so why now when you're seven months ten months old are you racing through the door again well decision making is compromised <laughs> okay Linked to that, self-control is very poor in teenagers often, lots of impulsivity. And so dogs are really tapping into that kind of, for anyone that did A-level psychology, that id complex that I want and I want it now and I will not wait for it and I need it immediately. (laughs) So you've taught them not to leap up and jump and grab and they're suddenly leaping up and jumping and grab again. You have taught them not to, you know, to walk calmly past children and all of a sudden they see a child with a football and they're lunging and trying to grab it or they're barking. There's lots of things that suddenly pop up and you might be thinking, oh my gosh, I've now got some kind of Tasmanian devil on the end of the lead. You've got a teenager (laughs) on the end of the lead. Um, The other thing that the prefrontal cortex does is we believe that it synthesizes learning. So learning happens in a few different places in the brain um, and it kind of all comes together in the prefrontal cortex. So this is why all that beautiful training and teaching that you taught your younger dog it's still in there, it's in the brain, (laughs) it hasn't disappeared, but they may not be able to access it right now. So it's not that they've forgotten, it's not that it won't come back later and you'll be able to tap into it much more quickly at a later date, but sometimes it's just not there. I refer to this as the brain fart moment, when you look at them and you're like, you remember your name? And they're like, nope, never heard my name before in my life. Don't know who you are. Don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And then an hour later, you might get a much better response from them. So (laughs) what can we do? What can we do during this teenage phase? Well, the thing is the impulse from us as people is I want to train. I want to train more. I'm going to do loads more training every single day. But based on what I've just said, that's not necessarily going to be massively beneficial. So actually my best advice during this stage is work on you. Work on what you need to have in place in your life to be patient during this time. Work on what you need to feel less stressed, to feel safe. What are easy, simple things that you and your dog can enjoy together? Can you get some support from someone to look after them once a week so you get a bit of a break? Can you get, for example, a special lead off of 
the internet that says I'm in training or I'm a puppy or give me some space so that actually people can visually see that this is a young dog or this is a dog in training they're not a bad dog or an aggressive dog but actually they need to give you a little bit of space to work on it because I found that often if you say to people oh you know just a puppy or he's in training right now people don't often hear it but if they see something visual um, it can be really helpful. So grabbing one of those leads off the internet can be helpful too. Bit of preparation. So if you know right now that actually your dog is struggling when they can't get to other dogs, like I was talking about my dog last week on the podcast, actually for now, on the days where you feel up to it, you can work on that if you want to. On the days when you don't, can you walk a slightly different, more quieter route? Can you take them in the car somewhere? Can you maybe not go out a couple of days because you know that's going to be stressful for you? Hand in hand with that is saying no to things. So, you know, if you've had a really trying day with your puppy and then you're going to the pub quiz in the evening and you normally take them and your friends love seeing them and everyone's like, are you bringing your dog? And you're, you want to go, yeah, you're thinking, oh, I need a break. If your dog's happy home alone or with someone at home with them, just leave them. <laughs> Give yourself that time. Don't feel pressured. It's really about advocating for you and also for your dog during this time and doing what you can to make sure that your emotions are in check as much as possible to protect that relationship that you've just spent the last however many months building because it's not gone anywhere. They still love you. They will be able to work with and listen to you again. You just got to ride out this little period of time as best you can. Okay, I hope that helps. Speak soon. Bye for now.